heard the Lord saying, don't let the enemy suck your strength out of you because your strength is found in the joy of the Lord. And the enemy has no right to that. He is not your joy. He's nothing to you. Your joy comes from the Lord, and that gives you the strength of the Lord. So don't let the enemy steal that from you. I just have um, two words. I heard in the spirit, some people have been asking the father, why are you not using me? The father said, because you not have adopted the vision of the set man. He said, I sent a set man in with a vision and put people around him to adopt the vision. Once you start adopting the vision, the father said, I will use you. And the other, and the other word I heard, the father said, some of y'all forgot who I was. He said, remember, I called the dead to live. And I also called the sick to be healed. So have faith. I felt the Lord saying that I have warned you not to mix the profane with the sacred. And you need to heed that word, says the Lord, that... I have given you grace and I've given you mercy, but there's a time when that's coming to an end and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be drawing the sword, says the Lord. And it's time to not represent yourself as being of God and carrying the works of the enemy out there with you. You can't mix them both and be of any use. And when you're standing there with both on you and I come to destroy the works of the enemy, your, your good is going to go along with the bad, says the Lord. The, the <clears throat> destruction's going to come, and it's time to be serious and to be sober and, and to wise up, says the Lord. If you're a co-laborer here and you feel like God's given you a word for the congregation, come give it quickly. Yay, we're going to give you a chance to give tonight, tithes, offerings, your first fruits. If you need a cash envelope, raise your hand. This is just for giving cash. Put your first and last name on it, what you're giving to. Remember, your tithe is 10% of all your increase, as the word says, and your offerings are over and above that. You can designate to just offering if you want and help us to pay the bills here. But we've got lots of other good ground you can sow in, like the LifeGate Church in Opelika, we still need, got a lot of work done there to be done there. We need like $7,400 to, to do some more refurbishing. And um, we got the Anderson still, that's missions. We got honorarium. I can't even remember. <laughs> Apostles Travels Fund, yes, special and benevolence. Yep. Thank y'all. If you're making out a check, you can make it out to Gateway Church. 
if you give in ca- it's through the cash app or cash tag is Gateway Church Give. Alrighty, everybody ready? Just lift them up with your wallets and we'll ask Pastor Ballard to pray over them, please. Father, we thank you for the chance to give again. We thank you for sowing into the kingdom of God to finance the kingdom. And we ask you for the Father's blessing so we can continue. That you would bless us and bless the works of our hands, bless our jobs, give us a promotion so we can continue to be givers. Now, Father God, we love you and we bless you with the, with our, with the works of our hands in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to keep you in prayer for the new church starting in South Carolina to the Hispanic community. They're in the middle of 20-something thousand Hispanics. And uh, Pastor Davey and Pastor Crystal starting it. It's, it's called uh, La Iglesia Sin Fronteras. La Iglesia Sin Fronteras, the church without borders. And uh, they've already got contacts that are committed to help them. And it's, it's, it's exciting to see what's happening. We didn't know what was going to happen until last week, until God spoke uh, several times. And so we, have, we will have another ch- uh, new church in the fellowship starting when they can get over there and get started. So y'all be praying for the church without borders. Uh, they're excited about it, I'm telling you. They've got seven different Hispanic communities represented in that one area of 20-something thousand Hispanics. That is really something in it. And, of course, he understands their culture, speaks their language. Under, hey, I mean, he understands. If, if he's talking to somebody from Mexico, he understands their culture. If he's talking to somebody from uh, El Salvador, he understands that. Uh, you know, huh? Yeah, Nicaragua, Guatemala, uh, what? Honduras. Uh, there's one more that he really, he was talking. Yeah, Costa Rica. He was talking to a guy from Costa Rica the other day. Uh, uh, superintendent, uh, he was talking to him, and he started talking uh, Costa Rican uh, dialect, and the guy freaked the guy out. He had no. He said, "Where'd you learn that?" <laughs> he said, "Well, I lived in Costa Rica for years, and we we raised up a church there, and so he understood the dialect and everything. It was it was really cool, and and the guy it just blew the guy's mind. He likes the same food as they like, and so this." This works, you know, a lot of times Christianity really blossoms around a meal, especially if you all like the same thing and do the same thing. It's kind of cool. So he's right in the middle of it right now. Uh, he's working in the middle of it, so it's cool. And I'm excited about it. Um, so I don't know how many churches we got now, probably 24, 25 coming on. So God knows, I reckon God knows what he's doing. He, it, it's wild what's happening this season of growth. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. 
uh, about what God's doing. Tonight, uh, Pastor Joyce Strong is preaching. He's a veteran missionary uh, for over 17 years. Uh, he and Sharon were in Mexico. They started out in Matawala and then went to Monte and uh, were down there for years. And uh, the Zetas, uh, the cartel threatened him. Uh, they wanted his property, taking his, wanted to take his church from him. And uh, so here they are with us, and, and uh, God's used them tremendously in this church and in, in, among the Hispanic community they get to minister to. But uh, Pastor Joy Strong, won't you come on up and share the word with me, with us? Y'all give him a hand. Kind of on a serious note tonight, and that's because Pastor Butler started us off on that note today. Anybody missed that, that word today in Opelika, I tell you, it was one of the better that I've heard. Simple, basic, but right where we need to be. And I want to tell you, I've had this word for about two or three weeks. My wife can vouch for this. And Pastor Ballard said, when he finished today, he said, Pastor Joe is going to piggyback me tonight. I don't know how he knew that, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah, there is a prophet in town. But, uh, Lord, I, and the prophetic word tonight was right on. i tell you what God's speaking for this moment. So, Lord, we just ask you to help us to be in tune with the Holy Ghost tonight, Father, and be in tune with your word, your spirit, your heart. For such a moment as this, Lord, because I believe every moment that we live is such a moment, such a time. And God, you've ordained this moment, you've ordained this time, you've ordained the people that's here to be here. And I pray, Father, that you would move by your Holy Ghost in this word tonight, Lord, to, to draw us near to you, to make us more like Jesus and less more like ourselves, Lord. We just ask you, Father, to uh, just inhabit this place with your Holy Spirit presence and let your word go and impact our lives tonight in Jesus name hallelujah I want to ask somebody to open up uh, whatever version of the Bible whoever's got the loud voice and read uh, Matthew chapter 5 verses 19 and 20 get us started tonight somebody want to read that for me Matthew 5 night Pastor Ballard go ahead uh-huh and 20 shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen. You shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven if your righteousness does not exceed that of the Pharisees. I want to read that same verse now in the message version because I really love what it says. Message. It says, trivialize even the smallest item in God's law 
and you will only have trivialized yourself. But take it seriously. Show the way for others, and you will find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matters of right and living, in the matters of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom of God. Trivialize. Y'all know what that word means? To minimize, to make small, to make of not important the commandments of God. And I'm going to tell you, I've been there before as a Christian. I've been to the place where I just didn't give it that much thought, you know. I've been under the, the guise that I'm saved by grace and, you know, it don't matter. I've been caught up into that some in, in my early Christian life, not too much. But I know that it exists and I see it all the time. And I know that... Uh, Here's what A.W. Tozer says. I love A.W. Tozer. He, is, he was a great man of God, and uh, I like to read some of his quotes sometimes. This is one he says, and this is what makes the difference right here because, you know, Phariseeism is rough. That's what A.W. Tozer said. He says, a Pharisee is hard on others and easy on himself, but a spiritual man is easy on others but hard on himself. And that's where, we, that's where the, the change comes in because when we are not satisfied with our own self, you know, I'm my own, I'm my own worst enemy. I, you know, I, I, I scrutinize everything about me. I'm easy to put myself down. And that, God's not about that either. But at the same time, God is in, in, in wanting me to not minimize but put great importance on everything that he says. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, and Pastor Ballard said it so eloquently today, Jesus is the word. He is the word. He's not just about the word. He don't just speak the word. He is the word. And it's all based on him. And so, you know, we can be pharisaical and be legalistic and put our you know, our laws and our legalistic ways on other people and be hard on them and then go home and not be so hard on ourselves. That's what the Pharisees did. And a lot of us are in that boat right now. And I want to speak tonight because the prophetic word that Pastor Kathy gave tonight, it's tough. It's a hard word. But I believe it's where God is speaking tonight. I know He's speaking it to me. You know, the world... In the 19th century, since technology and all this stuff, we know it's changed drastically. It, it's changed so much since the days of, you know, Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob and even on up into the, you know, the 1800s. Life was tough. Life was really rough. Now we got it so easy. And that easy has crept into the church so much and now we've got the progressive movement, and I know y'all hear me talk about this a lot, and I talk about it because it scares the daylights out of me, y'all. Yeah. It scares me to see so many young people and, and, and old people getting caught up into this progressive thing yeah. and, and, and trying to say that we've got to have a modern Christianity. Christianity needs to be modernized. You know, it don't fit. That old stuff don't fit in today's world. But I'm going to tell you, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He, told, he spoke this to me like a, 
like, like a prophecy out of heaven. He said, as soon as I find it, I got it written down right here, so I don't want to forget nothing. He said, holiness is not old school, outdated religion. The word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and God has not changed his concept or of what his, his perception is or what he, what he calls holiness. He has not changed it. It's always been the same and it's going to always be the same. And it's not an old school theory or an old school outdated religion. If that's what it is to you, then that's all you got is religion. Because Jesus is holiness. The Holy Spirit is, the Bible calls him the spirit of holiness. And that's what he's come to put in us and ingrain in us, holiness. We know the scriptures, 1 Peter. He says, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And another scripture in Hebrews, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So I want to piggyback on what Pastor Bowler was talking about this morning, on what the prophetic word that came out tonight. God is seeking holiness in us, y'all, right. like it or not. And, and if we are really in love with the Lord, we will like it. Jesus said, my commandments are not burdensome to those who love me. That's right. what he They're not burdensome. They are, God's desire becomes our desire. And God is calling us to a place of holiness. And we have, we have to stand up today because so many are getting caught up into this easy believism thing and God has called us to be opposition to that. Yes. He's called us to speak the truth in love yes. because the truth is love. He's not called us to condemn but he's called us to speak truth. And we're not out condemning. We're just It's not about a condemnation thing, y'all. You know, God... Like Pastor Butler said today, God is not hiding in a closet with a hatchet waiting for you to mess up so he can say, gotcha, and chop your head off. He hates the sin because what the sin does to you. That's why he hates it. Because it leads to what? Death. It leads to death. It leads to separation from him because he cannot be where sin is. He cannot... He don't live where sin is. He don't live in the midst of sin. And God wants us to be in his presence. And we can't be in his presence. And the word that came forth tonight was awesome. And I hear God speaking that there's, a, there's some of us, I, I, I say in this room right here tonight, that we go out and we preach the gospel. And we go out and we live the Christian life, but in our prayer closet or in our secret home, in our private place, there's some things going on that God said, this got to stop. The word came forth. I'm just confirming because I got it right here written down. I'm just confirming what God has said. It's time to stop playing games. Because you can do a lot. I, wanna, I, I want you all to think back. Several years ago, I'm not going to call any names. Everybody in here knows who I'm talking about. There was a mighty preacher. I mean a mighty preacher. He had one of the biggest ministries, maybe the biggest ministry that, uh, that existed at that time. 
And he was a preacher, and he was very passionate when he preached. He was very emotional when he preached. He cried, and he wept, and he bellowed when he preached. And people came by the droves to the altar. And when he left, got through preaching, he went back to his prostitutes or his pornography. You can do a lot with an emotional person, a charismatic person that's real emotional and get out there. And what I want to know is where are all those people today? You know, Billy Graham said a very small percentage of those people that come to, them thousands of people that come down to the altars, a very small percentage of them that are really born again, that really stick, that really get it. So emotion does a lot, but this is not about emotions. This is not about having an emotional thing. God said some of you or some of us, let me just include me because I, I fall into this category myself sometimes. We live from emotion to emotion, even as Christians. We live from what we call encounter to encounter. You know, we come in here and, we, and the Holy Ghost falls and we get a little bit of it on us and we go out and we're good for a couple of days. Next thing you know, we're right back at the old life. That is not the way it works. You can't live on encounters of the Holy Ghost in moments like this. You have to live by John 15. Jesus said, abide in me. It's not about encounters, it's about abiding. It's about living, it's about dwelling. Paul said, if you will walk, which means live, abide, dwell, if you will live in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh if you live in the Spirit. So, you know, the, not, it's not a question about where God expects us to be holy or not. That's not the question. We know God expects that out of us. The question is, how do we acquire this holiness? Because we can talk about it all day long, and it sounds good, sounds awesome, but how do you get it? How do you get it? A couple of weeks ago, we were up in Tennessee with Pastor Carlos, and we were having a conversation, and he made this statement. I posted it on Facebook. He said, holiness don't lead to Jesus. But Jesus leads to holiness. And we get it so backwards. See, we think if we do some religious things, if we have some, a little bit of religion about us or a little bit of, you know, a little, at least on the outside a little holiness, it looks like Jesus. But if you will abide in Jesus, you will become more and more holy automatically. It'll just happen because the more you hang around with him, the more you're in him, the more you abide in him, the more you fall in love with him, the more you seek him, the more I seek him, the more I find him. The more I find him, the more I love him. Remember that song? Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's God's way. It's God's plan. It's how he made this whole thing to work. And it will not work any other way. It don't work any other way. We can't make it work. We can't conjure up the holiness. You know, we can't uh, put on a show of a display of holiness that's not real. It won't last. It's empty. And most of the time we end up being pharisaical when we're that way. You know, we want to put it on everybody else and speak it on everybody else. But secretly, we're living our whatever it is we're living back there, you know. And so God is calling to us a place of soberness. He's calling us to a place of, of, of saying, you know, I know this. I've been knowing it a long time, but how do I get it? Jesus. Yeah. 
if you abide, if you abide in me, and, and, and my words, he said, if my word abides in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. You know why? Because God knows that you're not going to ask for something frivolous. When, you, when, you're, when you're abiding in him, you're not going to just ask for things to satisfy the flesh. Whatever you ask for is going to be something you need, really. Or it could even be a great desire, but something you, you know, something that's godly, something that can be used for, God wants us to use this world, but he wants us to use it for godly things. He wants us to use it to bring glory and honor to his name. And he wants us to use it and enjoy it, but like Pastor Battle preached today, it cannot be an idol. This is why when Pastor, when the prophet Tracy was here, she said, we have to behold the Lamb. And until you behold the Lamb, until you have your eyes fixed on Jesus, you don't understand none of this stuff I'm talking about. I know I've been to church all my life, and I didn't know nothing about Jesus when I was younger. I was taught his name. I was taught the word. I went to Sunday school. I didn't miss church, but I didn't know Jesus from Adam's house cat. I didn't know anything except, you know, I knew the stories, but I didn't know him. And there's a whole different world. When the stories will help you out for a day or two. You know, they'll boost your emotions up a little bit to read about what God did. But until God comes in and begins to change you from inside out, it don't really mean anything. That's right. That's right. And so God is calling us to that place. He's saying, come in. And you can only find, and I said it, I preached it here before, the secret place, the secret place. The secret place, the secret place, because everything that happens in here is not the secret place. The secret place is where you are alone with God and you're, you are who you are and there's no way to hide from it. You are what you are and who you are. There's no place to hide. You're, you're face to face with God. That's your secret place. You can't lie. You can't hide. You can't cover up. You can't con God. You can't do nothing. You're just there, bare and empty and saying, you know, this is me, God. This is who I am. There's a lot of things about this that I don't like and I know you don't like. Help me change it. Draw me into you. And draw me to you. And as he begins to draw in, because he is a loving father, and as he begins to draw in and embrace, it's like I said before, sometimes we come into his presence. It's so awesome we don't know if we need to run away from it or run to it because his holiness is so fearful. It's so awesome. It's so much further, so much holier than we are. And when you come in, it just about knocks you back. It makes you scared. I don't, I'm not worthy to come into here. But Jesus said, yeah, you are. My blood makes you worthy. You come on in and, and, and you make yourself known to God. You, you say, you confess to God, I know who I am, Lord. I can't fool you. I know I have this addiction in my life. I don't want to have it anymore. I want to be free of it. He is the only one. And in that spot right there is the only place you can get free. You can go to all the different kind of things the world has to offer for counseling and all that stuff, but I'm telling you, it won't never be real until you're right at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, come on. And that's where holiness 
meets our sinfulness. And sure, we feel shame. You're supposed to feel shame for a moment. You're supposed to feel remorse for your sin. You see, you can come up here every Sunday, and you can get right here, and you can cry and slobber until it's all on the ground, and then you can get up and go home, and you do the same thing again. That is not repentance. Just because you cried in church don't mean you repented. You don't even have to come up here and cry. All you have to do is stop doing whatever it was you was doing and turn it and, and, and get close to God and say, I repent, Lord. I'm not going to do this anymore. I choose not to do it. It's all a choice. I really love, and I've been preaching about the, the most powerful thing that God has given humankind is a free will to choose. That is the most powerful thing in our possession. Because with that one, that one thing, we can choose to condemn ourselves to hell or we can choose to love God and follow after his ways. And I'm going to tell you, I'm coming to realize something about free will. It's not so free. You see, the real thing is, is when I give my will completely up, when I don't have a will anymore, and I take his will. That's the real thing. It's not my will, Lord, Jesus said. If it would have been his will, he would have gotten ran away from that cross like any person would have done in their own will. But at that moment, he said, it's not, I'm not going to do my will. I'm going to do your will. And that's the place that God's called it because that's where holiness is going to come real. When we make the, 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 the choice within our heart, I'm going to do God's will. And, and, and it's work. You have to, it's not easy to live this Christian life. The flesh is always resisting. It's always resisting. It's always resisting. Every day, every moment, we're in a battle trying to subdue this flesh because if you let it go, it'll take you to places that you couldn't imagine. If you don't believe me, you, you, all you got to do is open your eyes. I mean, people do some of the unbelievable things today, but you know what? It's not a surprise to me because I know how far my flesh has taken me in, in, in prior times. And I'm just, thank God I didn't go further because I could have gone a lot further. And I would have gone a lot further if I'd have kept going on the path I was going. And, and, and all of us, we've done things, despicable things. We've done horrible things. At least most of us, there may be some that have been raised up in this all our life and never done that. Thank God. Thank God for that. I'm not glad I have a testimony of serving the devil. Y'all want to know that? I'm not glad about that. I'm not prideful about the things I used to do. I hate those things. I wish I didn't have that in my past. But what I do have, I don't have it in my past, really, if I'm in Jesus, if I, if I threw that away. If I left that, if I walked away from that, and I said, no, no more of that, I'm going into Jesus. You see, a lot of us are still living with Emmanuel, and I've said this before, but I want you to think about what I'm saying. The Old Testament prophesied, you're going to have a son, you're going to call his name Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus died, until the time that he died, he was Emmanuel. 
But when he died and resurrected, he came back, he sent his spirit. He said, now the hope of glory is Christ, not with you, but in you. And some of us are still living with Emmanuel. And because of that, we're, you know, we, we come to the, in, in Emmanuel's temple and we feel shame and we feel, you know, I need to get down to the altar because I'm not really abiding in him or he's not abiding in me. I only meet him in the church house. I'm with God at the church house. God is with me at the church house. But he wants to abide in us. His name is Jesus now. You know, Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus means Jehovah saves, Jehovah delivers. And he is here to deliver us, to set us free from sin. Not save us in our sin, but to save us out of our sin. To free us from it into a life of holiness that pleases God. You know why it pleases him? Because it blesses us. It brings blessing to us. It don't please him because he's a despot saying, my way or the highway. It pleases him because in it, it's the blessings of God. In it is eternal life. In it are the rivers of uh, flowing with milk and honey. That's why he loves holiness so much because holiness produces the favor of God. And that's why he loves it so much. Not because he's a mean person who's either do it my way or no way. No. He loves us. He wants us to live in his blessings. He wants us to live in the land of flowing with milk and honey. He wants us to ask what we want and he will be able to provide it because we're in the right place with him. And he don't have to say, I can't, son. I can't because there's sin there and I cannot abide where that sin is. I can't prosper you in this because you still haven't let go of that evil thing that's causing death in your life. And so God is saying, if you really want, if you really want to be used by God in a powerful anointed way, not emotions, in a way that where you don't even have to say a word, like Peter when he walked by and his shadow touched the people, he didn't even have to preach. The people knew he had been with God. Because he had holiness all over him. He had the life of Christ in him. Because he, 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 had, he had swapped over from Emmanuel to Christ in me. He had, you know, he wasn't that same person that denied Christ three times. Now he was willing to be crucified upside down for what he believed. Now he was willing to give everything because he believed and he received and he was he had Christ abiding in him and he was abiding in Christ. Am I making any sense tonight? Yes. Having said all that, I want to move to another area because this is this to me is very important. And I believe it's important to God. And I believe it's the purpose of the church. You know, God, he don't need the church, didn't need the church to save people, really. You know? But what he needs the church for is relationship. Because we're, the proverb says that when we come together, it's like iron sharpening iron. That's right. I want to tell you all, guys, I couldn't make it without the church. I, could, I might could maintain some form of Christianity, but I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have what I need. I wouldn't be getting what I needed if I couldn't fellowship, if I couldn't right. live and know in relationship with these people of God. Yeah, that's right. It's called covenant relationship. 
The Lord gave me another name for it. Voluntary accountability. Voluntary accountability. That's what covenant relationship is. I choose to bear myself to these people. This is who I am. I might need some help sometime. I'm not perfect, but I, I'm, I'm going to have an open communication where God has set me in the church because the Bible said God sets in the church those that should be there. And this is where he sent me, and this is where I need the fellowship, I need the covenant, I need the voluntary accountability to help me stay straight, to help me grow in holiness. Because when I see y'all overcome and get in holiness, it inspires me to come more. When I see how much you love Jesus, it inspires me to love Jesus more. When I see Jesus blessing you and God blessing you, it inspires me to seek out that blessing. And if I don't have that around me, I'm a weakling. I'm a mediocre at best. But if I want to grow and I want to be, I mean, I mean, found, I mean, settled in this thing, I got to have people around me that's going to have my back, that's going to lead me on, that's going to just fill me up when I'm around. That's what we're here for. We're sharpening each other. That's what the church does. We sharp, you know, you you can't go out there and be a witness, a powerful witness, if you're not sharp. You can't cut your way through the devil out through the thickness out there. And you get sharp here and you go out there and you do the cutting. But you got to be here to get sharp, I believe. And I, I could not live without the fellowship of the brethren. Because here is where I'm being trained up. Here is where I, I am being equipped here to, 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 to do the work of the ministry. Here is where I'm coming into unity about believing in Jesus. Here I'm seeing the real Jesus. I'm seeing him in you and you. And I'm seeing what he's doing in your life. I'm seeing deliverances all the time. I'm hearing about people being healed. I'm seeing God move on a, on a child and that child break down and, and say, I want to give my all to Jesus. I want to follow him. You know, I'm seeing all those things right here. If I weren't here, I'd be missing out on all that. My inspiration, the iron sharpening iron, and I need that. Amen? Amen. Does anybody else need that? Yeah. In Romans chapter 13, it says this, verse 11. And that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not... Make not, because that's what happens. We make. You got me? Provision for the flesh. Make not provision for the flesh. You fall into sin because you make provision for it. If you will stop making provision for it, it won't be so hard to avoid it. Right? We make provision for it so many times. You know, it don't sneak up on us. We make provision for the flesh. You know what that means? That means you premeditated. Whew. You thought about it. 
And you still did it. When the Holy Ghost holds on saying, don't do that. You know where that's going to take you. Don't make no provision for it. Well, you know, if I just go a little ways, I can stop before I get too bad. No. Don't make no provision. Don't make a provision for it. Back up in the top of that, where we started, it said, and knowing that the time, that now it's high time. I want, that, that's really important right here because something, Pastor Ballard touched on this today too. That first word time right there, and knowing the time, is Cairo's time. It's God's time. Timing. It's God's timing. The second time, it is high time. That word is, it's the word, it's a Latin word, but it's also in Spanish, it's order. H-O-R-A, it means physical right now time. You got God's timing coming into the physical right here. Knowing that it's right, knowing that this is God's timing, it's time because this is God's timing right now. Wake up. That's the word for today. Knowing that this is this is a Kairos moment, God ordained this moment for awakening. This, this hour, you got the physical coming together with the spiritual right here. The, the natural life coming together with the spiritual timing of God. That's when things happen. That's when deliverances come. When our natural human nature runs into God's nature, it's like a light. It's like thunder and lightning. Something's got to give. And it ain't going to be God. He ain't going to move. When we bang up against him, we, we're going to say, whoa, it is time. God, has been, God ain't playing no more. It's time to get serious. This is the hour. This is my hour. This is time for deliverance. This is one of those moments in life when we get free from something. That's what today is. It started this morning, and it's still going, and it was prophesied tonight. This is an hour of deliverance, y'all. God is calling. He's, he's, he's opened up. I can, he's, he's opening up a door right now. There's a door wide open. You've been playing with that thing long enough. That thing has kept you down, has kept you back. You've made steps forward, but all of a sudden you, you, you messed around and made provision and you went back four or five steps. And you just can't get across the threshold that God's had there for you to cross. You can't cross it because when you get close to it, you make a little provision for the flesh. And the next thing you know, you're backing up. And God said, there's a door right now, today, this Kairos moment that you can be delivered. And it's all about Jesus. You got to fall in love. You got to love Jesus, love God, love his word more than you love the flesh. And it's a choice. It's a giving up of this nature, of this will. If you want to become, see, we have the opportunity. We have it at our disposal. We have God's divine nature at our, at our reach, in our reach. It says so in Second Peter. We can be partakers of the divine nature of God. It is God's will. It is his desire that we take on his nature. 
And the only way we can do that, we got to stop making provision for the flesh. And say, God, your will. I, I, I'm falling in love with you. Whatever it takes for me to fall in love with you. You know, sometimes you have to work at loving somebody or something. It's work. It's not easy. But it's worth it. It's indispensable. You can't be without it. You got to come to that place to say, God, I know if, if I keep going this way, I'm going to end up probably maybe in hell if I go far enough. And besides that, I don't want to live my life and not be a useful instrument in God's hand. I don't want to get to the end of my time. And God said, you wasted your whole life. You might be saved, but you, you wasted your life on the flesh, on things that don't matter, on things that are going to burn up, on things that bring, bring, bring pleasure for a moment, but they have nothing to do or nothing comparing with the eternal life and, and glory. A temporal life. And, and so maybe the problem is that you really hadn't believed in this eternal life. Maybe the problem is you've never really been born again. I don't know that. Maybe you've been playing church. Maybe you, you know, you thought, well, a little religion, you know, that, that don't hurt to have a little religion. I know my family, you know, we were religious. As I was coming up, there was a little religion there, just a safety thing, you know. But I know if I just have a little religion, maybe it'll work out, you know, at the end. When I die, maybe God will have mercy on me. You don't have to be that way. God said you can be born again. We've heard the teaching, but I'm going to say it again. I, I feel like God's saying this. God created us in his image. His image is three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He created us spirit, soul, and body. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God said, if you eat that tree, you're going to die. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. Their spirit laid, lied dormant for all those years. That's why the law came. The law came to start teaching people what God is all about, that he's holy. Nobody could keep it up. Nobody could do holiness. So they had to do a whole bunch of ceremonial things to try to keep themselves clean until Jesus came, the second Adam, and he brought back the spirit. And God's spirit came, and he gives life to our spirit if we receive him. That's what being born again is, okay? Your spirit is reborn. Your spirit comes alive. Your spirit has a new connection with God, and you're born again. And that's when things start to change. Now, you can be religious, come to church, come, you know, read your Bible, pray, do all that stuff, and not be born again as possible. But when you're born again, you're going to know it because your whole Outlook on life is going to begin to change. Your desires are going to begin to change. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking to Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. The Spirit of God comes and gives life to your spirit. If you've never had that before, tonight's your night. Tonight's the night to be born again. If you've never experienced that. If you have and you made provision for the flesh, don't, you don't have to come down here and cry. Just quit doing it. Okay, just stop doing it. You know, you're not required to come down here and leave your snot on the altar. Now, if that works for you and it, it makes it come out, great. 
But you don't have to do that. You just stop doing it and turn your heart to Jesus. That's repentance. Okay? That's all I got. You know that boy grew up in the mill village when he comes down there and says, you don't have to come down there and leave your snot on the altar. You know he grew up in the mill village. Amen. Amen. Come on up, Kathy. Kathy's got a word that's come that, that kind of mails her word and Pastor Joy's word together. Okay. Um, this word says, I heard God say that there's someone caught in the snare of sin right now and they're scared to come to God with it because they expect him to come down with the hammer as soon as they come to him. That's not his heart at all. He's got his eyes fixed on the road and he's waiting for the prodigal to return and to repent so he can celebrate your return and take you in and clean you up. Now is the time to repent. Wham. That goes together with what she prophesied and what he just preached. Amen. 